Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style Defines Us podcast. This is Delia Falk and Allison Broom, the mother-daughter duo behind the Style Defines Us. And we are very excited to have Erin Kleinberg on the Style Defines Us podcast today. Erin is currently the founder and CEO at Cydia, which is a lifestyle brand with ready-to-wear and accessories, and also the CEO at Metier Creative, which is a creative advertising and branding agency. And previously, she was the co-founder and creative director at The Coveter. Oh (laughs) my goodness, Erin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys. It's such an honor to, to be sitting with you today. Thanks for having me. You have had such an incredible career. Just one of those would be incredible, but you continue on. So let's talk about maybe three highlights from your career that really stand out. Sure. So I think one of the biggest career highlights for me was um, really being a young woman and trying to navigate my way, um, what I was going to do. I knew I loved fashion. I, I realized I could turn it into a passion and I was actually, I started a brand when I was very young. It was upon my eponymous label, Aaron Kleinberg, my name. And I ended up kind of finagling my way to get in to have a meeting with Barney's New York. <gasps> um, and I ended up selling this collection of vintage inspired embellished t-shirts with Barney's when I was oh 22. So it was, yeah, it was really, really a cool opportunity at that age. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Kicked it off. Kicked it off strong. Had to to keep it up from there. That's exactly goodness. I know. And then how did you get from the eponymous label to the coveteur? So that's kind of another career highlight for sure was, you know, starting and and running coveteur. It was kind of a passion project that turned into something much bigger. You know, I, I had really wanted to, to deep dive into what was going on in street style fashion. And so um, a friend and I were like, okay, well, that shot can really be taken by anyone in the street. Let's go into people's homes and photograph, you know, their closets, juxtapose against their environment and understand their rituals and how they live. That was like such a, um, an interest for us. And so really, you know, starting the coming tour, creating a, a piece of cultural zeitgeist that is, is known globally was another huge highlight. And, you know, from that experience, specifically um, interviewing Carl Lagerfeld was one of my highlights. Wow. Yep. Yep. Uh, he gave me some sage, sage advice that actually sticks with me forever. He was, I was asking him how I, sorry, asking him about the show that he just did and the inspiration. And he kind of looked me right in the face and was like, Aaron, tell me what the future holds. What's in, what's cool. What's new. What's the music like that shows in the past. Let's look to tomorrow. And I was like, Oh, that blew me away. You know, it's such forward thinking. My next career highlight has really been launching Cydia. I mean, it's it's sort of been this culmination of all of my different career lives to launch this consumer-facing brand that is in the name and honor and legacy of my grandmother who passed at the height of COVID. Ooh. Oh, gosh. Well, that's I didn't terrible. Know that. yeah. I'm so sorry that she... That's such a nice way to honor her. I know. Thank you. Yeah, she was um, my inspiration for being in this industry. She was extremely fashionable, elegant, as my mother-in-law would say. Um, <laughs> she, you know, she was she was the ultimate comfort to me, and she was the ultimate um, matriarch in the family, Holocaust survivor, mm. immigrant to this country. Yeah, she she made it all happen and, and raised three beautiful children and had a great you know a great family. And I think that for me, connecting back to my story is such a big part of how I build brands. Yes. That gives me chills, Erin. That's a wonderful. 
that really is what an inspiration to have in life. What a, you know, a mentor. Yeah, totally. Where did you get the idea? How did you grow it, et cetera? So we know about the idea. You just mentioned that. You touched on that a minute ago. Yes. And so, you know, it really, it actually started, the idea came about after seeing um, the social network, the movie. Have you guys seen that movie about Facebook? Yes. Such losers. Like we're sitting around being like, oh, that's so cool. We should start a website. You know, me coming from production, I was like, there's no overhead with websites. Like this is such a great idea. You know, and I, I think with the brand, it was it was so incredible. I ended up getting into 80 stores worldwide and I was, I was you know, really getting out there. But I think I, I was just yearning for that sort of creative lens again. I think I was young and it got very businessy really fast. And I, mm-hmm. you know, kind of wanted a little side hustle. This is like 2010. It's like the early days of the side hustle, you know. And so um, Steph and I, my friend, we were kind of like, you know, doting around with this idea and we thought okay let's just go and call up some of the people that we know and get into their closets and it started with like we would bring a little rack from bed bath and beyond it was so sad and we would go in their closets and like curate like a victorian story or like a pastel story and kind of shoot them all in this rack and then a couple weeks into shooting we were like oh wait a minute let's take the clothes and accessories and put them on these bookshelves and put them in these nooks Mm. and crannies and and almost create these like really saturated, dreamy, beautiful, alive photographs that will capture people's eye and almost see it more as a curation and an art gallery, mm-hmm. um, the rack. And so, you know, I remember right there and then it was a closet in Toronto. And I remember thinking, okay, this is, we're birthing the shelfie right now. It was, it was a moment. That is so cool. <clears throat> that lives on. Well, lives on. It, it does. Mom gave me for my birthday or Christmas or something. I have the coveture book. Oh, I love that. Wasn't there like a bird? It's literally right here. I'm looking at it right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Love like it. a bird bin or something. Maybe. It's so well over. And, you know, I think what was really cool about that opportunity was at the time, everyone, like all of my you know, camaraderies were bloggers. They were all photographing themselves and shooting themselves. And, you know, for us, we were like, no, 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 it's not about us. It's about this incredible creative roster and community of people who we know, who we can kind of take you behind the scenes and show you what their lives look like and how, and how they, you know, they live every day. So that was what made it different. And I think people, it became a thing where people wanted to be in that community because they were like, oh, wow, the people I admire and are inspired by are, are being photographed and telling their stories in this way. So it was crazy cool. I mean, we had, you know, relationships with Vogue and Elle right out of the gate. And, you know, we, the day we launched, like, I don't know, the whole site crashed and like wow. the Twitter account kept going up and everyone was writing about it. It was the mo- it was just this moment in time that we tapped into where people were starting to become more voyeuristic, you know, the, yeah. like Instagram yeah. was beginning and social media and we 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 struck a chord. Oh yes. my gosh, you really did. And tell us about the, I mean, the people that you featured people. are just beyond so did you know all of them how did you get in touch with these celebrities (laughs) oh my gosh it's a great question so I think as I said before like for me every part of my career has been this this connectedness this this you know network of kind of like I met one person then I I I met another person and then that Mm -hmm. introduced me like it it really is this web of people that have just been super supportive to me and then I'm supportive to them and it's this this exchange Mm -hmm. 
it starts with me, I think being Canadian and our partners who are all Canadian and very kind of meek and nice and kind. And, you know, Mm -hmm. felt like we could get anywhere with kindness. And we were super open about allowing people to have the opportunity to see the content in advance. I think we wanted everybody to feel comfortable. It was not about exposing anything. It was really about a celebration of personal style and, and expressiveness. And so, yeah, just being open to people seeing the content and, you know, one person led to another and then one person told mm-hmm. another person. And, you know, we met with one editor, Taylor Tomasi Hill. I don't know if you guys know sure. her. Yeah. So she, at the time she was at Marie Claire and we met with her and she's like, okay, guys, um, this is a million dollar idea. If you don't do it now, someone else is going to, you need to jump on this. Here's like a list of 10 people's closets that I think you could get into and, you know, press go. And we were like, oh, Okay. So, you know, being, yeah, we kind of just, uh, ping ponged around from different people helping us get to other places. And then eventually it became a thing where, you know, celebrities need a certain amount of hours for their press credits for when they're, you know, doing their, their tours and stuff. So it became easier once we had more leverage with, you know, bigger people. And I think, it was really cool because early on we were able to form a relationship with, with Chanel. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Steph and I were long time obsessive fans and we had started to notice this pattern in closets where we would find these like obscure, what we called rare Chanel bags. And, you know, mm-hmm. so many different embellishments and embroideries and, you know, from the haute couture shows and we were seeing this, you know, we were just in love and so yeah. we out to them and, and they obviously being very forward thinking, we're like, oh yeah, let's, let's do something together. Let's make this happen. And they were one of our first advertising partners. So it was very organic, very organic, very passion driven, um, and really filling a void at the time. That's amazing. And I'm sure at some point the celebrities agents started coming to you. Totally, totally. They wanted us as part of that press, you know, tour. Yeah. And it was a great yeah. I mean, guys, Literally, I I was in like 500 of the world's most incredible tastemakers, like closets, underwear drawers, kitchens, bathrooms, you name it. And I think what was so amazing was A, the travel, but B, also what happened kind of after the shoot, you know, we were very quick, very fast. You kind of never knew we were there. We cleaned up really quickly. We were like, you know, these little elves moving around, but you know, if it was a four o'clock shoot, then at six, six 30, the talent would be like, Hey, well, I'm going to just like order some John and Vinny's. And we're like, uh, yeah, that sounds great. And so, um, spending time with people and, you know, me being this like sort of sociolo- sociologist of style, um, was just loving it to get to know people, you know? That is so, so, so amazing. That really is because that's after the performance, then it's like the recap and everybody's happy. And I think the fact, like you said, you cannot underestimate being kind, being on time, being fast, doing all that where it's a lovely experience for them. And then they tell other people and you have that reputation in the, in the business. So all of that is super important. Yep. Yep. And I mean, yeah, got to go to some really crazy places, you know, the, the Hefner mansion cover touring. <laughs> you know, we, we cover toured Barbie at Mattel HQ. That was such a cool opportunity. Just thinking outside of the box. that was really made me happy. And then, yeah. you know, shot like the Khloe Kardashians and those, right. you know, ton of stylists. Carla Welch had one of the most, you know, beautiful architecturally stunning homes that I remember. And, yeah, lots of inspiration. And I think what was really cool, you guys, about that experience was 
Um, we'd go into these closets. They're so elaborate. They're so organized. But then there would be like a little rack in the corner of everybody's bedroom where they're like, but this is the shit I actually wear. You know, That's this so is funny. They had staged yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, I was always really into that, that rack that was like the yes. uniform of the people and what was on that rack. And that, that really was always my um, inspiration and in, in my different brands and in my clothing brand and now with Cydia and mm-hmm. just, you know, understanding that rack and understanding like their little curations on their night tables and their vanities and their medicine cabinets. And right. um, what are those things that people have with them to help, you know, be the accoutrement to their ritual that help enhance their, their routines. Yeah. That's fa- fascinating about the, um, the rack. And that's what, what I do for a living is, you know, consult women in their closets and for their wardrobes and things. Right. And the fact that you really don't need a million different pieces for a season, you know, you end up wearing a certain amount and mm-hmm. that's really what you need to um, pay attention to. But anyway, that's fascinating. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Now, Tell us about your latest businesses. We're dying to know about Cydia and Media Creative. For sure. So, um, you know, CovTour is an, an amazing experience. We, we raised money. I, I learned how to fundraise, like Drake invested in the business. It was very oh cool. Um, <laughs> and then it was just time for me to move on, which was hard, really challenging. But, you know, I'm happy that I did it because each step has, you know, gotten me to where I am. And so sure. I started Metier Creative with my um, then business partner, Stacy Brockman. And we really, she was also at the cover tour with us. And so we, we kind of saw this like void in, in what was going on with brands and, you know, they really wanted to create content. They really wanted to connect to talent. They really wanted to, you know, tell their story in a different way. This is kind of like the height where brands essentially became magazines. You know, this has been (laughs) happening over the last five, you know, eight years where every brand is a content machine and it's, that's the way right. you know, we shop now. So we thought, okay, you know what? Covator was amazing, but we were so forward facing um, with the press. It was just us. We were the, you know, we were the editor right. in the sense, even though, you know, we weren't the bloggers, but we became, you know, it was, it was forward facing. And so we just wanted to work behind the scenes with those same brands that were advertisers at the Cove, but in a different capacity, we wanted to help them tell their own story um, instead of, you know, telling the story through the eyes of the shelfie. And so uh, we just went and reached back out to different clients that we had. We reached out to Dior and J brand. I remember. And we were like, Hey, we're starting this agency. We want to be the, the, you know, the connector of dots for you guys. Um, are you interested? And, you know, because we had such a great rapport with them, they were. And so we started, you know, a couple of projects here and there, and really we're helping brands with, you know, building brands from total scratch, um, mm-hmm. creating content, content strategy, social strategy, packaging, um, you know, voice and tone, messaging, positioning. We're, we're really brand builders from the core. Um, that's, that's who I am for sure. And so really specialize in that beginning phase with a founder and how to like, you know, start something from total scratch and then helping a brand like a Disney or, you know, um, Playboy, Dior, that kind of thing, rethink mm-hmm. the strategies, refresh and help them with go-to-market launches. Like we're, my team is, you know, we're all dreamers and builders and doers. And we, like to kind of craft things. Yeah. From scratch, that's our jam. And so, um, you know, one of our first clients at, at Metier was Jen Atkin, uh, with way hair care. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are familiar with Jen. Um, and it was a great opportunity. She kind of sent out an email. It was like, Hey, I'm looking for like a social strategist. Does anyone know anyone? And we were like, Hey Jen, we're starting. 
agency. Do you want to hire an agency instead of a human? And she was like, oh, hundred percent. And so, you know, we helped her build that brand and it was so new, you know, cause I was so focused on fashion for so many years. Right. So right. getting into beauty was mm-hmm. just eye opening for me. And I feel like that's why, you know, Metier continued on to work with like, you know, tons of beauty brands, every brand under the sun. And it was because we had this fresh perspective. We weren't jaded from kind of being in that, um, in that world for, for so long. And it was, it was new and exciting. Right. Exactly. And that explains Jen to me, like the, um, the YouTube videos I've walked, I've watched when she's in her closet and all of that. Yeah. Kind of see how the coveter sort of influenced all of that too, how, you know, and then you really get to know her and she's in her meetings and all that yeah. kind of stuff. You've done a great job with them. Totally. Totally. Thank you. Well, yeah, they've gone on to be like a top, you know, best in class Sephora brand, which makes us so proud. And they've, you know, built out their team. Um, but yeah, we, we love, you know, working with founders in that capacity. It's so good to be there in the early stages. Mm-hmm. So, you know, six years, we're an all female team. We're about, and I think 12 strong right now. Um, and in the last, I would say probably two and a half ish years, um, you know, I've been feeling like, okay, Metier is incredible. It's this, you know, small but nimble agency that works with the best brands in the world. And, you know, I'm really enjoying what we're doing, but I also feel like I need to build another consumer facing brand because with Metier, you know, you can be involved with us if you work with us or if you're a client, but it's not a public facing thing like the Cavatour was, right? So, um, you know, very, very passionate about building something that could be shared with more people. Um, and of course, I, I know apparel very well. I came from that world. And so we started with this quintessential, extremely versatile caftan. And um, you know, back in the day, I had a similar style in my my clothing line that like was just so universally loved. And I remember my mom would say, Aaron, can't you just sell one item instead of selling like a 40 piece collection to Barney's? Like, can't you just do this one skew and really go hard in it? And she was really before her time because then like, you know, the Warby Parkers came around and all these different brands that are like focused on, you know, less skews. Right. And so, um, you know, thinking about building this brand, thinking about our caftans kind of started to seed them to like Eva Chen and she would wear them on her Instagram. And then we'd get like 50 DMS being like, where can I find this dress? And it was really this organic, easy process where we just were testing out to see like, would people want this product in this day and age and Mm -hmm. that they did. And simultaneously with my grandmother passing it all sort of came to a head early in 2020, where I was like, okay. I'm going to build this brand in her honor. I, mm-hmm. wore, I wore this caftan to birth both of my children and she wore yeah. it in, you know, on her last day and my six-year-old wow. daughter wears it to skateboard and we're building, I'm going to build this legacy brand, you know, coming from being a student of all these brands, Cartier and Chanel and Ferragamo and Fendi being in all of their haute couture, you know, um, yeah. workshops and, and learning with them alongside them. I'm just like, okay, this is my fourth act. I'm going to build a lifestyle brand that is really focused on the learnings from all of these years, seeing those racks, seeing the the bathroom moments in their oasis and how they create their ritual and creating these items that are totally heroized, you know, so started with Captain and then we moved into the city of set, which was kind of our answer to the sweatsuit craze that was happening in the pandemic. And we were like, no, 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 it can be elegant. It can be this palazzo pant and Mm -hmm. 
deep v-neck dolman raglan sleeve cardigan and you know make it more chic but still rooted in comfort and so that's kind of where we started but my plans are to continue to build out the lifestyle element and go into items for home and we may dabble in the beauty world in a way that makes sense for us and that's amazing. It reminds me, it made me think about when Delia was on the buying team at Barney's, they always, when they would meet with people, they would talk about what is your thing? You know, you have so many things going on here. You need one thing that's really yeah. memorable with people to stand out. And, and that's exactly what you did. I love the whole aesthetic. I love the idea. I love the fact because I don't even think it's because of my age. I think when I was young, I never was like a sweat suit type person, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just that sort of drab you know gray athletic looking sweatsuit yeah <laughs> so I mean I've always loved like the slim errands that you know just these captains yeah. being so casual but so elegant and feeling great when you're wearing it you feel sort of kind of sexy and free I don't know I think it's such a great great thing and, and putting all the knowledge that you've gained I mean there are very few people in the world I think that have had the mm-hmm. um you know, ability to get all of this knowledge and the fact that you love to learn and that you, and you're, you know, putting it to use is magnificent. Oh, thank you. But that's exactly what it is. It's about freedom. It's about feeling liberated, you know, right. in, in my life, it's hectic. I have two businesses, two kids, one husband, right. but um, for yeah. me, like that moment at the end of the day, when I like take my bra off, I get to relax, mm-hmm. bra bath, I'm in, my oasis for me, that's my moment of self self care. And it's just what yeah. is good to me. And I'm always like, look, chasing that feeling of liberation. And right. so for us, like the captain in and of itself and, and the, you know, the set, it's all about comfort. It's all about feeling super luxe, but, you know, not compromising, you know, soft fabrics and that sort of thing. I think that the two can be synonymous together, you know, feeling comfy, but also, elevated I think there's no yes. problem with that there's no reason you know like I I don't know I ditched heels a long time ago I'm a sneaker gal and I just like don't care because that's what makes me feel comfortable and I have like really dope sneakers you know yeah. and I will wear this super cozy caftan that I just threw on but then I've got like a really great fresh face and makeup and my hair looks good so it's all about like finding the right balance for you but I think that sort of liberated sense of feeling like you can have this uniform dress that's gonna you know, make you feel good. One of our customers was like, you make clothes that my soul didn't even know I needed or oh, ow, that's awesome. I know, right. It's like, or, you know, you make clothes that make me feel more like me. I mean, that's, right. that's wow. our tagline. It's really come home to yourself. It's all about that time for you where yeah. you feel liberated. Yes. And two things that when I look at the website, I think about, thank you so much for the price point mm-hmm. because <laughs> You know, I had to explain to Delia after Barney's, I said, you know, a lot of my clients are not shopping Barney's, <laughs> you know, they want to feel like yeah. they have something very special, but you know, they're not going to be spending thousands of dollars on every item in their closet. And it's such cool. a great price point. And the other thing is it's super casual, but it is, um, it's like a palette for whatever you want, you know, how yeah. dressed up want it to be and how if you want to load yourself up with jewelry or if you want to throw on a sneaker and go if you want to belt it you know there's just so many different things that you can do with your pieces that um I know my clients are going to absolutely love I love that yeah totally like we just had a a mother and daughter sorry um 
mother, daughter, sister-in-law and mother-in-law wear these sets to be in the wedding party. And I'm just like, yes, that's incredible. You know, it's so, it's very versatile. And I think, you know, coming from being a fashion designer in those days and now being here, like it's, it's not about fashion, you know, it's about comfort. Yeah. It's about heroizing these items that are going to like live with you and having the person speak, you know, the, the person, um, wear how they wear it and, and accessorize it how they want. And I'm super open to anyone wearing this and anyone dressing it up or down, however they, they see fit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Are there any learnings from your grandmother that you would like to share with our audience? Oh yes. The sage wisdom of Cydia. Uh, (laughs) so Cydia you know was from a different era obviously and you know her biggest thing was just take a minute take a second pause breathe like slow down a little bit it's okay you're gonna get to where you're going but you may get there I don't know better more efficiently if you take a minute to breathe And, and what I loved about her advice was she was very modern in her thinking, you know, I, I didn't breastfeed when I had my, my kids because I was like running to do a shoot in LA or running here. And she was very supportive of that modernity, but she was always like, remember, take the time, chill and relax. And the other thing was she obviously tons of like, you know, advice about style and how that can be an expression of yourself and should be, and, you know, taking pride and how you look and feel um, is really important at the end of the day. But the number one thing about Cydia was family. Family is everything to, was everything to her and is everything to me too. I think that, you know, she uh, just found so much pride in, in her family and, and that for me, family, community, my team, the village right. around me, like that's what it's about. I, I do this because I love learning, but also because I really love engaging with people. And I, I really love to see people grow and thrive and, mm-hmm. you know, get to that next stage. Like Carl said, like what's in the future. There's so right. much that's out there being held for us. And it's just about unlocking it. Oh my goodness. And you get to work with your mother. Do you want to tell yes. us? About- <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys have to go check out her content on my Instagram. She's hysterical, but um <laughs> Yeah. Amazing story too. Like you can obviously tell there's a strong, you know, female matrilineal lineage happening here. Um, my mom was actually slated to be an accountant and my dad, a chiropractor was like, no, Mindy, you can stay at home and be with the kids. I'll do the work. And she, I guess was grateful because she got to be with us, but at a certain point in her life realized that she really should have taken that, that path and that journey. And so when I started my businesses, like, I don't know, 13, 14 years ago, she, did all of her accounting and she did all of her administrative and she worked with me at Aaron Kleinberg, Covetour, Metier, and, and now Cydia. So um, she, she likes to call herself, sorry if this is not cool, but the motherfucker in charge. Um, and she, I love yeah, that. She, she, she's like, sees herself as like a momager. She's so funny. And she kind of brings that family, you know, aspect to the businesses. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> I know. I, I can't wait to see this content on your Instagram. We have a lot of emerging brands and designers that listen to our show. So how can brands stand out in today's extremely crowded landscape? For sure. Million dollar question. Um, <laughs> so for me, when we're talking about founder brands, 
I just think that being authentic and being organic and doing what feels good to you is what's going to move the needle forward. Like there's, for me, there's like a hundred different angles I could take, but I just, I like to take the path that like feels the most comfortable in my deep heart and soul, because that's what, that's what makes the world go around is all the different people that are, that are different and, and, you know, the different mindsets and mentalities and backgrounds. So I always say, I know it's cheesy, but authenticity is the way to go build what you think you should build. Um, and you should know kind of like your who, what, where, why, when, like what's your niche. And then once you find that, what's the white space, like eat, sleep, breathe that and understand how that makes you different. And a big thing too, honestly, is like maybe not going on Instagram for a while and taking a break in a digital detox, right. you know, it's human nature to just see all these things. And then we don't even know where we saw them. Then that gets banked in our minds. And right. And then we're like, oh, I have this idea that actually came from something you saw, which I'm guilty of too, because it's human nature. So <clears throat> I think it's really important to just get out, get in nature, do your thing, feed your soul, be with your family, be with your village, your friends, and, you know, let it come to you and then carve out what makes you different and stick with it. Yes, I think so too. And I think sometimes just being still and kind yeah. of listen, just letting your thoughts come to you. Um, we never take time. Well, now we do. We have had that luxury more but I think that was something I learned from COVID that I keep hearing too you know like when you're just so busy you you, you can't be creative you know I think a lot about the designers that finally got time right. to be creative again during COVID you know that were cranking out six eight collections a year or whatever they were doing so I love all of this I love the idea of just yeah taking and being still and breathing and what is your mother's name? Oh, her name is Mindy. Yes. That's what I thought. Okay. She is hilarious. Oh my God. Hilarious she's, on there with the, with the UPS man or the FedEx man. Yes. Or whatever. yes. It's a series. Mindy, Mindy and Matt, Mindy and Matt, the FedEx guy. And they're like, everybody. it's so funny. <laughs> yes. Everybody needs to check it out. It's so cute. That's on your personal. Yeah. Yes. 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 So, so, so funny. <laughs> what my do you think are doing it right? And what can we learn from them? Obviously your brand. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what brands, you know what? I've been paying a lot of attention to um, actually a lot of menswear brands like um, mm -hmm. Amé Leon Doré and Todd Snyder and Rowing Blazers. Oh. And just, you know, really loving watching this shift in true American sportswear and how, you know, the modern day, Ralph Lauren's are going to look and Tommy Hilfiger's. I think that's a really cool, um, yeah, thing. I think with, with ALD, like it's, it's similar to us. It's rooted in family. Like it's all about Teddy's family in Greece and they had a restaurant. And so he's got the cafe and it's like all of his influences, you know, basketball and, you know, mm -hmm. hip -hop and I don't know. I just think it feels feels real and it feels like they're connecting with the community and having them involved in the process. To me, mm -hmm. that. That's the only way you're going to get by. You know, I also really love Telfar. I think Telfar is obviously crushing life. And I, I love that they are laser focused on these couple of SKUs and are just like realizing right. them, you know, making that like the Big Mac of Telfar is, is you know, the Bushwick Birkin. And so yeah. um, it's so perfect too, just like yours. You know, people can own something that is super of the moment and super chic, you know? Yeah, for sure. 
and then I pay attention to like the rim of us of the world that like, you know, undergo a full 180 and have done some super cool collabs. And, you know, I think collaborations are the way that the future is going to, mm-hmm. um, you know, the way brands are going to grow. We haven't dabbled too much with Cydia because I'm of the mindset of like, I want to make it really big when, when it does happen. And so we just got our right. hands sure. in the brand, but collabs are, are the new needle mover. Mm-hmm. I love Todd Snyder. So good. So good personality just he's you know it's just yeah. so cool so after starting three companies what are some do you have any advice for entrepreneurs this journey is going to be very 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 exciting and exhilarating but it is also very full-on you know it's very 24 hour uh at the beginning at least and then hopefully you know you can work on your work-life balance but you know, you have to be very passionate. It has to be something that you feel in your gut, in your soul. You know, there, I think there's just so many challenges that you face and so many hardships. Like it's just such a roller coaster. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't know for me, it's, it's built into my fabric. You know, I was kind of like something I was meant to do. And I, I don't even know what it's like to work at a company because I have never done it. So, you know, it's very, for me, it's very ingrained in my DNA. And I would say that, you know, if you are willing to take the plunge and want to try this life, it's, it's a constant journey of learning and it's, it's never ending. And there's always more to understand and probe and, you know, absorb and grasp. And it's very fulfilling. It's very, very fulfilling to me to, like I said, work with the team and just, dream up new products that are going to change the way people live. And there's such huge opportunities now to, to do that with, you know, advances in sustainability and advances in clean beauty and how we are looking to the future. There's so much to be done in terms of, yeah, running businesses with a more human mindset and perspective. And I think that um, there's a ton of, there's a ton of opportunity out there, even though it feels saturated, like there's, there is white space. If you find it and you spend the time to navigate it and understand, you know, who the competitors are and what's out there. But, um, you know, just remember it takes, it takes a team and it takes a village. And if you don't have a team, you're starting out and, you know, you haven't raised funding or whatnot, just think about mentors and advisors. Like I have so many people like that, some older than me, some younger than me, my mother, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing like just use people around you as your as your guides and just ask them questions and be super inquisitive and you know utilize google and um yeah i just think it's about the people that are around you that can um help uplift you things are changing all the time a new product is going to be coming out as as new discoveries are made and that's where you can find your niche so it's not really when people say well everything's been done that that's just not true yeah i I don't love that, that phrase. I feel like that's a cop out. It's like, come on, there's a way there's always new advancements, new technology, new ideas, new ways of living, new processes. So, right. Right. Like look at all of the, the new ways that we do things just because of COVID, you know, yeah. some that pivoted that we didn't think about before we wouldn't have ever thought about. Okay. So looking forward what are some upcoming trends um, that we should be on the lookout for? And I don't even necessarily mean, you know, like, you know, crop culottes yeah. or what, just like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, different trends. I think three different things. I think that they're, this one's already in process. I think the 
the circularity of mm-hmm. you know, products, the afterlife, where that's going to go, I think is something that all brands are going to be navigating. I think, you know, when you look at Nike refurbish and the program they're building out and how can we make that circle happen and not waste and not be throwing things in a landfill? How can we create different fabrics with fabrics we have? How can we create packaging? How can we, you know, I think that is a big focus for many people sitting in a boardroom right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think big, 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 big thing is going to be experiential and and the new sort of way of shopping. I think stores may become smaller and experiences may become more intimate and may become different and how people shop is just going to change. They're going to come to a store for an experience and like, you know, to engage with the, with the people there and the people who work with the brand and that sort of thing. And then maybe they're going to go home and buy it online, the product, like, it's just not going to be about that. And obviously experiential has been really big for, you know, the last Mm -hmm. five to eight years, but I think it was more like big flashy moments. And now it's sort of like, okay, how can we change that and make it be more intimate and more, you know, emotion-based and based on a feeling, I think there's just something there. Mm -hmm that is going to shift how we shop and how real estate is leased, because I think that's another problem. I think, you know, when you walk in Soho, you may not see the big box retailers that you saw in the same way. You'll probably see like their diversion brands or, you know, them in Mm -hmm. small, different capacities. And then I think a lot of like, you know, modern day DTC brands are going to be taking the line. Yeah. Right. And I love the idea of like, you go to a certain store because you love the aesthetic of that of the person who is you know the owner or the creative director or whatever you know Mm -hmm. having relationship every brand doesn't have to be something for everyone and almost like you're going into an art gallery i can't wait to see what she's found this month you know totally totally. yeah i I love that idea it's like you know every art gallery doesn't have the same things so right yeah for sure yeah and, and, you know, the other thing too, that's like more on the business side of things is, mm-hmm. is that I'm really interested in right now. Cause I'm in the process of doing it is, is fundraising. That is mm-hmm. really something that needs to be talked about more. I know, you know, we know that women like don't get as much funding as they, as they should, but just like right. really tips and tricks for, you know, young founders on how to do that process. And I feel like there may be a shift in how, you know, I don't know. I just think that VCs are going to be not a thing in the past, but they're so focused on tech right now. And so I feel like for people like me, I think that there's going to be a new boom of like founders that have had success investing and having small funds. And like everyone I know who's like done that is now getting into that game of supporting young entrepreneurs. So right. I'm really excited to see how, you know, capital raises are in the future, because I think there's some good changes that can happen and some real support from mentors who have done it. Right. And a lot of times you, everybody says, don't do it. You know, they expect so much <laughs> you so fast and it's all about the money and, yeah. you know, very frightening, scary experience from the beginning to the end, instead of finding these brands that back you because they believe in you and what you're doing and everything sort of becoming a part of your, you know, they're like your cheerleaders, your champions. Yeah, for sure. It's about finding really the right partners and listen, it's a dream to bootstrap, but not sure. everybody, not everybody can do it and not everybody right. can do it knowing what they want to build. It takes, you know, it takes right. capital to, to move the needle. So 
it's been a really interesting experience so far for me, just getting on these calls and, you know, selling what we're selling. And, uh, I've done it before, but this is the first time I'm really doing it on my own. So again, Uh Oh, that could be a whole podcast. I know part two. Right. So what are some things that you have learned from these phenomenal creatives and celebrities that you have worked with throughout the years? Um, so, I mean, in the most superficial way possible, the number one thing I learned going into these homes was that people love fancy French candles. They love them. They love them. <laughs> enough of them. I had never really like been such, you know, diptyque person before I started this company. And now I'm like an obsessive when it comes to that type of, you know, ambiance and creating the mood. And so that was one thing I definitely saw across the board. I think what I learned is that, you know, good design and architecture and interiors that that can all play back into our emotions and and that can impact our our feeling you know and and feeling good i think good design makes you feel amazing and that's part of part of people's wellness journey you know your space the hugga the feeling the comfort right. the vibe like that's everything after i came out of the, you know that experience i just came back to my home and was like, Oh my God, I need to overhaul this. And there's so much I need to do and, and change. And it takes time. But you know, after, after that experience, I I built a home because I was so inspired by just seeing how people pay so much attention to like the natural light that pours in and the vitamin D that they're getting and where they place windows and where they, you know, blinds and drapes. And I just became obsessed with interiors. And so that was, um, one of the fun parts and like took away so many just tips and tricks. It was like, you know, being inside an architectural digest magazine, like mm. IRL, you know, it was just so, yeah, just like such a sponge of, of how people use design to make themselves feel good. Right. It's so interesting. I have a, a, a mentor who is a little bit older and she has a magazine called flower magazine, which is okay. about more than flowers. It's really a beautiful magazine, but um, she said to me one time because of what I do, she said, you know, what you do and clothes and things of beauty are in no way shallow. Yeah. You know, it's the joie de vivre. It's what it yeah. is you find your passion. If you're someone who loves, if beautiful things, you know, really make you feel loved and nurtured and um, inspired, you know, that is, it's imperative to life, basically. Yeah. Quality life. Yep. For sure. For sure. And, and the other thing too, like we haven't really talked about, cause you know, it's been so COVID-y, but travel, I mean, travel, these people have traveled all over the world. And, you know, for me, it's a huge inspiration to just get outside of your bubble and just see different things and experience different things. I'm very like, you know, into, I don't know, very tactile experiences, very like visceral. Like when I started to see the world through my daughter's eyes for the first time, it was like me seeing the world again for the first time, you know, like going to the aquarium and she's experiencing color and texture and scent. Like, you know, she's three years old and she's like, mama, this is coconut. I'm like, that is so incredibly inspiring. And I'm just like right here on homeland. So, um, you know, I think there's just like different ways of seeing things through travel and through, you know, kids and how they see the world and just having like a new lens is, is what I I took away from how these creatives and celebs live their Mm -hmm. life and build their businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. And travel also, um, 
makes things that might seem foreign and scary, you know, you, you feel more comfortable just trying new foods and meeting with people from other cultures and, you know, just expanding your understanding of the world is so important. For sure. For sure. All right. Thoughts on where the content to commerce influencer marketing is heading. You know, we talked a little bit about content commerce and how, you know, brands are essentially magazines and content is not slowing down. And that's how people definitely consume. I think that's going to continue in more ways. It's just going to keep evolving. Brands are going to have TV shows and brands are going to, you know, it's just going to keep going. I think their community will be involved. And so that's, that's where I think content is going, but in terms of influencer, I think, it's a kind of a funny term to me. Like, I, I think there's always been people of influence, like right 10 years ago, we were like, okay, we're going to go into this makeup artist's home, go into Gucci Westman's home. She's a tastemaker, you know? And so, and then influencer became this like, you know, term and Instagram, that whole thing. But, you know, I, I think it can work. I, it works for sure. There's some brands out there that have really robust ambassadorship programs and, and, you know, um, influencer programs, but it's pretty crowded and, mm-hmm you know, maybe I'm old school, but for me, I always like when there's a more direct, um, deliberate relationship with an influencer. Like maybe they're the creative director of the brand, or maybe they're Mm -hmm. collaborating on product. And then that relationship like continues, you know, that to me is more organic and more interesting than just kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, pay to play post this, like, yes, definitely shake type thing. But I think it's all, you know, for me, it's all about collaboration and how you can, you know, tap into each other's creative psyche to birth things that are just really new and consumers haven't seen before. It's just all about innovation. And I think that's the way to kind of engage with influencers. I think that's so true. And that's like, um, Amy Smilovic, is that how you say your last name? Oh yeah. yeah. Every day she was doing, you know, how she was putting her outfit together. And like, you're doing that when you, it's you wearing the pieces and stuff like that. I think that, uh, um, yeah, that's organic. The other thing is, well, yesterday they wore that dress from that brand. So I thought now they're wearing this dress. I'm so confused, you know, so going deeper, going deeper, making it personal, feeling like you have a personal connection with the brand. For sure. For sure. Yeah. you know, there's ways to do it. Like I, like I'm saying it is, it is effective. It just depends which brand and and what influencers and how large the program is and how I just, for me, I always want to make influencers feel like they're really welcome home to the brand, you know, and and when we do anything, we'll get on a zoom with the people we're working with and I'll meet them and talk to them. And they really appreciate that. Like I just, uh, it's important to me to, um, you know, have, have relationships. Absolutely. And then it's really a creative experience too, a collaborative creative experience. Totally, exactly. So, Aaron, what is next for you? <laughs> Surely, <laughs> oh my god, um, a nap? No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> what is next? So, you know, my dream is to really build build Cydia to be, you know, a a lifestyle brand that's kind of redefining luxury and has the ability to be inclusive and has the ability to create products for everyone. And very, very highly focused on the bathroom, that oasis, creating that moment for you, you know, from getting in the minute you get in the bathroom to the minute you leave to go out of the house. I want to create everything that's in that room and own, you know, the whole experience from start to finish. And that's what we're starting to build out. And 
you know, my, my grandmother was really embarrassed by her name. She didn't like it. And so my dream is to put her name in lights, you know, and have, you know, boutiques around the world and um, really grow this brand and have others feel the feeling of comfort and hugga and support that I felt from her. And that's something that we try to, you know, impart to our community and our customers through killer product. That's beautiful. Yeah. And you'll see exciting launches that are non-apparel coming later this year and next. So cannot wait. Yes. Yes. It's been really, really fun playing around with scent and product and, you know, um, really the angle is really going to be a beauty lifestyle brand. I think that's where we want to be. There's been so many beauty brands we've helped build. There's so many lifestyle brands, but it's like, what is that intersection of the two and how can we really create this full on lifestyle for you in your oasis? That's perfect. I mean, and that's like exactly what you were saying, going into these people's homes and really seeing what they had around them that made them feel loved, you know, protected, cocooned, whatever the words are you want to use. So mm-hmm. I can't wait. We cannot wait Man, to see no, this. Such a perfect brand for 2020 and lockdown and everything. And then taking them into forward. this new life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too. Totally. And, and I think what's cool too, is obviously Metier is, you know, continuing on its merry way. And I love that I have this opportunity to be so creative with the team at Metier, but then Cydia allows me to also be creative, but also learn about execution and learn about like, okay, there's all these brilliant strategies we come up with at Metier, but right. now with Cydia, I'm actually executing on them. So it kind of is very synergistic with each other and helps push us further in both, both businesses. That's brilliant and it has to be so much fun exciting exciting all the time thank you it definitely is it definitely is there's never a dull moment and there's always like the next next do you wake up in the in the middle of the night and think of things and think i have to write this down hundred thousand percent yes (laughs) um I write everything down. I've got a handy dandy notebook and I, yeah, I'm constantly like, I am, I'm fueled by adrenaline. It's kind of scary. Cause now as you hear in my voice, I'm sick. And so it's like, okay, you're not really that invincible, but I'm pumped every day, every day. I'm so excited. And I, you know, wake up, can't wait to get in touch with the team and see what's, you know, what's next to learn. So it's, I'm very lucky, very, very lucky to be able to do something that I love. And also have these precious children and your mother and yes family and everyone in it together it's just magnificent and you have so much to look forward to with your little daughter experience all over again it's really a remarkable thing i know and you know the world is constantly talking about how we need to understand gen z but you know what i'm living with gen alpha so I'm going to know more than Gen Z. Move over, Gen Z. We got Parker Generation. I know. We've got Gen Alpha coming up. (laughs) Yeah, watch out. That is. You're coronials. Oh, how funny. I mean, funny. (laughs) Maybe. Okay, let's just say the last question. That's so cute, coronials. Where can people find you? Where can people find me? Um, you know, cityofthebrand.com, at cityofthebrand, at metiecreative, metiecreative.com. They can DM me. Oh my goodness, Erin. I know this has been such a lovely interview and time mm-hmm. spent with you. We're so excited that our audience gets to learn all about all the phenomenal things that you have done and continue to do. 
Oh, thank you. I'm so honored, you guys. And I love, love, love that you're a mother-daughter duo. It's so <laughs> amazing. And we have to have lunch with me and Mindy and you guys next time I'm in New York. Yes. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, we will love that. Thank you for tuning into this episode on the Style That Binds Us podcast. If you like this podcast, make sure to tell a friend and subscribe. You can be a part of growing with us. Also, do you know about our weekly newsletter? You'll get access to exclusive content in our newsletter that we don't post anywhere else. Our newsletter comes out every Tuesday with the exception of the third Thursday of the month for Allison's special Celebrating Life After 40 edition. Head to the bottom of the Style That Binds Us website to subscribe.